Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Mainline Minute presented by Homefield Apparel. As always, I'm your host, Tommy Godin, back after a week-long hiatus. It's been a long week. I was away with work and I missed you guys dearly, but I am planning on get cranking out some more episodes here soon, and uh, hopefully they'll be a lot like the recap that we have of the Seton Hall game, a dominant performance from the Wildcats on Super Bowl Sunday, taking down a formidable Seton Hall Pirates team 80-54. to uh, that is the good news. The bad news, unfortunately, is we do have to touch on the Xavier game in which Villanova lost at the hands of the Musketeers by three points after what I can only call a, uh, a shocking final possession from the Wildcats. We'll get into all of that as well as a preview of Friday's upcoming game against Georgetown. Um, so let's just get right into it. So to start, I think we're going to start here in chronological order and go all the way back to that uh, Xavier game where, if you remember, it looked like one of the old uh, Villanova starts of late. They got off to another slow start. After the first quarter of this game, Villanova was down 14-6, to which has just been their M.O. For, for the last couple of games, of course, they picked up a win against Providence, but uh, th- quarters two through four, they won those, but the slow start, digging themselves out of the hole, uh, it really come, came back to bite them again. Um, but the Xavier team's good. I mean, they have three guards that, for my money, are the three best guard trio in the Big East, and Davion McKnight, Quincy Oliveri, and Desmond Claude. Uh, they held a Xavier team who coming into this game in offensive efficiency uh, was ranked 63rd in the country. Uh, very good three-point shooting team. Um, they're 40th overall on Kempom. This is a good team. And Villanova held them to their lowest scoring output of the year, 56 points. I mean, a couple of games before that, uh, they put up 93 against DePaul, uh, 88 against St. John's. Uh, this is just a team that that is proficient on the offensive end and and that makes it kind of all the more painful when you look at the final score and see that you were able to contain this team to just 56 points but weren't able to get it done on the offensive end um we could break this game down as we always do but we have another game to recap and the real story of this game is going to be that final possession so breaking that down Out of the final possession, there's about 12 seconds left. Villanova's taking the ball up the court. They set an elevator screen for Brendan Haas, and I want an elevator screen as it's uh, somebody who's being guarded kind of cuts through like this little door between two parallel offensive screeners, and then the door kind of closes. And and when you go through this, I'm doing a bad job of explaining this, but when you go through that, that door and the door closes, it gives the shooter a split second uh, of time to get a shot off. And that's all Brendan Hawson needs. I mean, in theory, this was an absolutely great play call by Kyle Neptune, but I don't know if Brendan Hawson slipped or tripped through the elevator screen, but the bottom line is the look was not there. And the look wasn't there with about 6.7 seconds left on the shot clock. At that point, somebody has to call a timeout for my point of view, that's on the coach. Um, he's the leader of this team, obviously. Uh, after the game, he said that uh, he thought that there were just times that people were going to get a shot up, and unfortunately, that just that shot never happened. They played hot potato and dribbled the clock out. Sean Miller didn't even foul, but that's not even that's not even the point. That's not even relevant to to that case. I mean, the players, of course, can can call that timeout, but 
um, a timeout needed to be taken when the first look wasn't there and, and it wasn't. And it's kind of, I mean, you go back and you look at this game for Villanova and, and it just feels like a missed opportunity and they're starting to pile up. I mean, the Penn game, the Drexel game, the Kansas state game, uh, the Butler game and double overtime. I mean, these are all extremely winnable games for Villanova and for a team that's so close to the bubble seeing one or two of those flip from the loss column to the win column uh, would be huge. I mean, as of right now, as we're recording this on Valentine's Day, Villanova's on the outside looking in of the NCAA tournament. Their odds, the odds are not in their favor. In Vegas, the odds are not in their favor to make the NCAA tournament. So they're going to need to pick up some wins. And and that's what made this one hurt uh, just a little bit more. But as they say, time does heal all. And we are ready to get hurt again because the little appetizer to Super Bowl Sunday was Villanova Seton Hall on CBS. Tom McCarthy on the call, which was a treat for, I don't know how many of you guys are Phillies fans tuning in, but I think Tom McCarthy does a great job uh, doing play-by-play for the Philadelphia Phillies. So it was nice to hear him on the call uh, for the Villanova Seton Hall game. And the only thing nicer than that was the final score, 80-54. to Just a complete butt-whipping of the Seton Hall Pirates. and to the point where it knocked this out of a quad two game and knocked Seton Hall out of the top 75 in the net. So this was a quad three win for Villanova. Um, but all the metrics moved up in this one. It was, they did what they were supposed to do. And for the third game in a row, they held their opponent below 55 points. The defense is absolutely clicking on all cylinders. Um, Tyler Burton's looking a whole lot better. Um, a couple backdoor screens They're They're, Temp, the tempo in these um, last few games has been a lot better. They're getting out in transition. They're running. Um, they're finally finishing in transition a little bit more. That was a struggle a little early on in the year. The slow starts are definitely still there. Take out the Butler game. and The Providence game, was a, it was a slow start. Xavier, of course, but um, the tempo is picking up, and, and I think that's, that's a good sign. That's a very good sign for this team. And um, and it was reflect, reflected in the final score. Um, I'm not sure. Shaheen Holloway, let me preface this by saying this. Shaheen Holloway has been outstanding this year with managing this team's expectations and, and playing above them. Kadari Richmond is a certified stud. and There's been some rumors circulating um, about him that I don't want to dabble into. But uh, he did play against Villanova. And, he was out with an ankle injury for a little bit, uh, but he was out. He missed a few games, and the vibes were kind of off. I mean, this is a Seton Hall team. At their peak, they beat they beat UConn. Only two teams have done that so far this year, so that's nothing to turn your nose up at. I mean, this is an extremely hard-playing Seton Hall team uh, with a very good player in Kadari Richmond, but the vibes have just been off uh, with this team, and I mean – this game, it looked like Shaheen Holloway didn't – I don't know if the, the players didn't follow the execution or if the game plan was just way off. But having guys go under screens when Brendan Hawson is coming around them, um, they got Brent, Brendan Hawson 17 points off the bench for Villanova. I mean, he was getting whatever he wanted. Um, I've only seen one other team, which was DePaul, which should say something. Uh, only throw one guy at Eric Dixon, and he wasn't uh, man-to-man all game. I mean, they, they definitely threw two people at him. 
uh, a handful of times, but for most of the game, Eric Dixon was one-on-one, and that's barbecue chicken, as Tyler Kolick likes to say. So it, it was it was strange. It was definitely strange. This wasn't the Seton Hall team we've seen uh, earlier this year, but it doesn't matter. Villanova, they looked good. Um, they're trending in the right direction. They're going to have to win some of these games. And uh, the next one on the schedule is against Georgetown in the nation's capital. And we will get to that. But before we do, I have to tell you guys about my friends at Home Field Apparel. Guys, I've been telling you about them all year long. Um, and the same sentiment remains true. I mean, the Big East tournament is coming up. I just got my hotel room in New York. So I'm excited to see all of you guys there. Um, but you don't want to be the only one wearing a goofy team store shirt. You, you want the retro look. You want the retro feel, the the good quality shirt that Home Field Apparel uh, is offering. You can check those out. Check out a bomber jacket. We got some cool hats. It's going to be in the 50s that week, so you might want to. It's always windy in New York too, so you might you might want to layer up. But uh, yeah, use code Nova Insider at checkout. Get yourself a nice discount and uh, stay fresh. Looking into the Big East tournament here coming up, but that'll bring us into our uh, preview portion of the show. Uh, Friday, February 16th is when Villanova is going to take a trip down to Washington, D.C. It'll be on CBS Sports Network, so dust off those logins. Uh, Also, if you have Paramount Plus, um, that's another way you can tune into that one. But going to be taking on the 188th ranked in Ken Palm, Georgetown Hoyas. And I don't think that it's unfair to say that they are the biggest disappointment in the conference this year. I mean, they got their guy in Ed Cooley, and look, it was never going to look perfect in year one in the nation's capital, but I didn't think it was going to look like this. I mean, Georgetown, from my perspective, is closer to DePaul than they are to the ninth best team in this conference. Uh, And that's saying something. I mean, their only conference win so far this year uh, was against the aforementioned DePaul, and they played them again, and that's going to be a barn burner, to say the least, but... Um, Jaden Epps is going to be a name that you guys are going to want to remember in this one. 17.6 points per game. He's averaging in this one about 30% of the possessions on the offensive end run through Jaden Epps, and that's an insanely high number. It's 51st in the country for just straight players. Um, It should be higher because Jaden Epps is the only one on the offensive end. Um, I don't want to say pulling his weight, but He's doing more than that. He's outstanding on the offensive end. Illinois transfer, Jaden Epps. He's going to give Villanova fits as he will give every team he plays fits. Another transfer. There's a bunch of transfers. Uh, I mean, just assume that these guys are transfers if I'm, if I'm bringing them up. But North Carolina transfer, Dontrez Styles, 13.5 points per game, 5.8 boards. Um, he's a solid guard. He and Epps make up a, a decent backcourt. Um, but after that, it gets, it gets a little shaky. Supreme cook, his stats don't look terrible. Awesome name, by the way, Fairfield transfer Supreme cook He's averaging 11.7 points and 8.2 rebounds per game. Um, he gets a lot of work from Jaden Epps, who is a very good distributor as well as uh, a scorer. So, um, they just got to force him out of the paint. He can't dribble. The basketball do do well just from a basic basketball just dribbling standpoint i don't even want to say he's not a good playmaker or or anything like that but he just doesn't he doesn't have a good handle on the ball and uh 
the last guy I want to bring up who um, you all might remember from Kansas State making a run in March last year, Ishmael Massoud. Um, he, if you remember him from Kansas State last year, this is not the same player as he was last year. He's averaging seven points per game, uh, just about four boards. I mean, he's shooting 32% from three, 31% overall. Um, he's been a disappointment so far for, for Ed Cooley's fry. Ooh, Hoyas, forgive me, uh, force of habit, but there's going to be a, a good test for, I mean, this isn't, I'm not going to say it's a must win game for Villanova, uh, but it's certainly a can't lose game. Georgetown's defense is abysmal. They rank outside the top 300 in the country in defensive efficiency. Nova's offense obviously isn't great, hasn't been great the last couple of games, especially in the first quarter. So I think if they continue to pick up the tempo, you could see that change a little bit here in this one. Um, Georgetown's offense is ranked 98th in the country, uh, and it's buoyed by Jaden Epps, who is one of the better uh, offensive guards in, in the entire country. Um, but they don't do anything great on the offensive end. I mean, they're outside the top 300 in two-point percentage. Uh, they're barely inside the top 200 in free throw percentage. Uh, they turn the ball over. 18% of possessions end up in turnovers. Uh, Villanova is not really a team that will turn you over too, too much, although they had 15 turnovers against Seton Hall. They turned them over 15 times in that game, but uh, Seton Hall is a team who will just give you the ball at times. So that's something to look out for. But Georgetown, they are one of the worst teams in the country in forcing you to take bad shots, an effective field goal percentage. Uh, they rank 350th out of 363. So this is really a game where Villanova needs to lock in. And and I don't want to use the term get right game because we're too late in the year for that. And Villanova is too inconsistent to use get right to use a get right game. This is a Georgetown team who's competed with some teams, uh, even recently. I mean, uh, Seton Hall, they only lost by four. Uh, they only lost by one to Xavier in a game they were winning pretty much the whole game, uh, right up until the end. Uh, they played Seton Hall again. They lost by six. So this is a this is a team that can compete with teams, and if you don't show up, could be in for some trouble. But um, I think we're at the point in the year they're they're tired. You've all seen Ed Cooley's antics, sitting down on the bench in a in a, in a timeout. He always has a, a nugget to give in the post game press conference. So um, this should be a good game for the Wildcats. Get back on track. Villanova's upcoming schedule um, is. Interesting. They have Butler at home and then uh, UConn and then Georgetown and Providence, Seton Hall and Creighton. So it's it's a tough test and and a game that they should be pretty competitive in pretty much back-to-back the rest of the way. So this is going to start the run. Um, there's just something. I mean, it's going to be hard to keep this Villanova team out of the NCAA tournament if they pick up a win that they shouldn't. If they beat Creighton, uh, if they beat Connecticut, they're in the tournament. But this upcoming Butler game, we'll preview after this Georgetown game. That's going to be massive for Villanova. But we'll get there when we get there. Ken Prom's given Villanova an 80% chance to win this one against Georgetown, and I like those odds. So with that, we shall see what goes on in that game. But this will be the end of the the recap and the show for, uh, for this one. So thank you all for listening. I'm Tommy Godin, and as always, let's go Cats.